This week we're on our fourth week of the series called Frequency, and the sermon title this week is, Is, is It God? Is It God? And you know, this, this brings up a question that, that I hear a lot from a lot of people. Um, is God speaking to me? Is, is, is what I'm hearing really God speaking to me? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, we, let me just say, we've all been there at times where we've heard something in our heart or we've, we've heard something through, through a message that someone was speaking and we, we identify that, that that may be God speaking to us. But we want to know for sure. We want to know for sure. So today we're going to look at a test that we can give ourselves and uh, a test that we can make for sure, make, make sure that it's God speaking to us. We're on four, day 14 of 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. And if you haven't been fasting and praying with us since August the 6th, I, I invite you to join in. There's still seven days until next Sunday. And it doesn't matter that you didn't start with us, but you can finish with us. So we're, we're asking the Lord to speak to us. And we've seen that there's sometimes in, in our seasons of prayer that we need to put things out of our life so that we can hear the voice of the Lord more clearly. And so we're going through that process. And we need to do that from time to time during our life and during this, the year that we live in. You know, there's different seasons in the year and there's, there's different seasons in our lives. And sometimes we hear the voice of God more clearly than others. But the title here of the series is called Frequency. And I'm, I'm uh, reminded of some books that were written, like Pastor Robert Morris wrote a book on frequency. And, and Pastor Chris Hodges preached a message on frequency. But the name frequency can mean two different things. It can mean the frequency or the channel, if you will, the, the, the very place that we turn to in our dial. Those of us who remember how to... Turn a dial and get a radio, radio broadcast. Or frequency can mean the frequent, frequentness of us speaking to God and God speaking to us. So it has a dual meaning. And so we, we've seen through the different weeks that God doesn't have a speaking problem. Most of the time it's us having a hearing problem. How do you know if God is speaking to you or not? We have to learn how to distinguish between Voices, because there are a lot of voices in the world today. And uh, I grew up as a, uh, a shy individual, very bashful, just, I don't know, call it personality, call it my nature or whatever. I was insecure. I always wanted to be taller than I was. I always wanted to be more athletic than I am. And I just, in my own mind, I didn't measure up to what I wanted to be. So I have dealt with an inferiority type complex, call it if, you, if that's what you want to call it. But thoughts that you're inferior and you really don't have it. And even today, sometimes when, when, I, when I go to minister, those, I have to deal with those thoughts. Because I, I'm, not really, I, I'm not really an outgoing person. So the devil would like to back me in the corner and say, you don't have it. But I always go back to a time the Lord spoke to me. And he spoke to me and I knew that it was his voice. And I go back to that time. And every time I go back to that time, I hear him reaffirm what he said to me. And it produces confidence. It produces faith and boldness. 
that God called me that I didn't call myself. And he called me not based on what I felt like or what I deal with. He called me for his purpose. And so it's important to distinguish between these voices so that you know what God said and you know why he said it. We have to learn how to distinguish. It takes time and effort to distinguish between the voice of God and other voices that come at you, right? Look at John chapter 10 and verse 3. John 10, 3. says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out all on his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. The key word is recognize. We have to recognize the voice of God. Many people don't recognize the voice of God, but we need to learn how to recognize the voice of God. You know, through the Bible, you can see about a dozen different ways that the Lord speaks to man. A dozen different ways. But most often, the way that he speaks to us is through a whisper. Through that still small voice or that inward voice, that prompting in our heart. That voice on in, that, that, that happens on the inside. And so, sometimes people miss it. They miss misinterpreting what God said or they don't recognize what God said. Kind of like the guy who was single and he was Christian and he met a lady in the church that he was going to and the lady, her husband didn't come to church and attend with her and this guy, single guy, took a liking to her and she took a liking to him and she was just being nice and, but she liked the attention and before you knew it, the man approached her and said, well, I think that uh, you made a mistake by marrying your husband. I think you need to marry me. God told me that you need to marry me. That's not God. That wasn't God. Now, she may need marriage counseling and help, but God doesn't tell you to divorce. In fact, God's in the restoration business, not the home wrecking business. So this, this little story, and you hear it over and over and over again, this proves that we need to distinguish how to distinguish between voices. You know, Peter missed it. Peter, the disciple Peter, missed it. Jesus asked his disciples one time, who do people say that I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, well done, Peter. You, you understood that not by things that you see, but my Father which is in heaven revealed that to you. And it wasn't very long after that that Peter was begging Jesus not to die. Jesus said, I've got to go. And Peter said, no, no, Lord, no. And he was really speaking from his emotions and throwing Jesus off to the point where Jesus looked at, at Peter and kind of looked past Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. So you see, a person can be influenced and listening to God at one moment and then not too long later be influenced listening to the wrong spirit, the wrong voice later. We have to learn how to distinguish the voices. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, Dear friends... Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And I submit to you that in order to test, you have to have some test questions, right? You have to ask some tough test.
test questions. So question number one, which is point number one in your notes there. Here's the first question. Does it agree with God's voice? Or does it agree with God's word? Does God's voice agree with God's word? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not, not everything that looks good is from God. You see, the man that wanted to marry this, this woman, that looked good to him. But it wasn't God, right? People all over the earth today are hearing voices that they say are God. And these voices tell them to kill, steal, and destroy. We shouldn't be surprised because the devil tells lies, right? He, and he's always tried to exalt himself above God. And the first thing that the devil said to a human being was, did God say? So evidently the enemy knows what God said and he twists what God says and he tries to pervert that and tries to deceive and lie to well, uh, good-hearted and well-meaning Christians. So we need to learn how to discern. Learn how to discern. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that appears to be right, but the end of it leads to death. We need to be prepared. So the first question, does it agree with God's word? God's voice will never contradict God's word. He's not going to say one thing in the Bible and then come along and say something else. Look at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19 says some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Look at Jesus' response. Haven't you read, haven't you read that the beginning, at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and he said for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Notice that, that phrase that Jesus used. Haven't you read? He expected them to have read that, right? And this is really how we should answer people when they come to us with a question. Well, what do you think or what's your opinion about divorce? Well, what does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible say? Listen, it's not important what I think. It's not important my opinion. I'm going to give you what God said. We need to look at what God said. Is what God's speaking contradictory to his word? If it is, God's not speaking it, right? It doesn't matter what I think is right or wrong. It matters what God said about it. And Jesus was talking about divorce, and it was an issue then. It's still an issue today. It is because God hates divorce because it hurts people. But he loves people, and he wants to restore and heal people. Right? So the bottom line is we need to know the word so that we can measure up what we're hearing with the word of God. What the Lord said is going to measure up with the word. Luke 21:33 says, "And though all heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my words remain forever true." 
This is why we can count on the word to be the, the guideline or the standard or the ruler for what we're hearing from God because his word never changes, right? It never changes. People take the Bible out of context and they use it to make, they, make, make, make it say what they want it to say. In fact, the devil used the word of God in that period of temptation when he tempted Jesus. He used the word of God. So it's important for us to know the Word of God. The more we know the Word of God, the more quickly we're going to recognize the voice of God. The deeper that we learn the Word, the more we're going to know the voice of our Heavenly Father when He speaks to us. Number two, the second question that we need to ask when we're thinking about, is this God or is this not God? The second thing is, does it look like Jesus? Is what you're hearing looking, acting, and smelling like Jesus. Because the voice that God uses and the voice that he speaks to us with moves us in a direction of looking more like Jesus. Would you agree? Our goal after salvation is not to just sit down and wait for the bus out of here. Our, our goal is to take what we've received in that salvation and cause what's on the inside to work on the outside. Right? To, to look more like Jesus. Act more like Jesus. And I like to use smell like Jesus. When, when, when people are so full of love and they come around you, they just, they brighten up the room. They, they excite and encourage your heart, right? Jesus is great to be around. And as we grow in our life to be more like Jesus more people want to be around us right so we're bringing out on the outside what's already on the inside he's working Jesus is working in my life to help me conform to the image of him on the outside that's why we have things like the growth track we get you plugged in and and discipleship classes on Wednesday night we teach you more who you are in Christ what you have in Christ, what you can do in Christ. And we should all be growing. But God's voice sounds like Jesus, looks like Jesus. Look at Philippians 2 and verse 5. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, In your lives you, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Is what God telling you moving you in a direction to act more like Jesus? How about when you respond on social media? Would Jesus do this? Would Jesus say this? You know, I'm, I'm learning how to navigate social media. And there's been a couple times I wanted to respond to somebody, and I start typing it out, and I get halfway through, and the Holy Spirit says, wait. Count to ten. Walk away. <laughs> And then he asked me the question, would Jesus send that? So I have to measure my response. You know, I might be justified, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. Right? Does it look like Jesus? Is what you're hearing from the voice of God looking like Jesus? Do our lives look like 
Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says, We have to take every thought captive so that we can make it obedient to Christ. We have to arrest, arrest every thought that comes in your mind and say, Listen, if it's good, I'm going to hold on to it. If it's bad, I'm going to throw it away. I'm going to cast it aside. Right? I'm going to judge it by the word of God. And if it's right and it's true and it's holy and it's, it brings edification, I'm going to take hold of it. The, the third question we have to ask ourselves on the, on the back page here, the third question when we're hearing God's voice, does it bring peace? Does it bring peace? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. That's why I ask many times when people say, Pastor, do you think that this is God speaking to me? I say, well, wait a minute. How do you, how, what do you sense? Do you sense that, that you're not sure or do you sense a peace? Are you, are you more confused? Because if, if you're confused, you need to wait. You need to, you need to wait because, listen, God doesn't, push you into doing anything. Think about, I mean, logically, we follow Jesus, right? He is our shepherd. Sheep follow the shepherd. When the shepherd calls, I follow the shepherd. Wherever he goes, I follow him. God is not in the business of pushing or pressuring. He, he's not a used car salesman that says, listen, I've got two other people that looked at this car today, and they're coming back by 5 p.m., so you need to make a decision today, right now, uh, if, you, if, you, if you want to pay in cash, I'll give you 500 less on this car. God is not trying to persuade us and make us make a quick decision. So we have to take every thought captive. Here's a list uh, in James 3.17. You've got it there in your notes. It's a list of what Jesus would do. Listen at James 3.17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Then it's peace-loving, considerate, submissive. It's full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is hearing God's voice, and it looks like Jesus and moves us in that direction of being like Jesus. The third question... Uh, Yes, the third question is, is obviously the, the peace. God is a God of peace. Sorry, I skipped back in my notes. God's voice brings peace, and it brings calm in the middle of a storm. You've ever been in a storm and you heard the voice of God? It brings a supernatural calm. You think of the story of Paul when he was in the storm, and God sent an angel to speak to Paul. And he said, Paul, if you tell the men on the ship... To not jump ship, everybody's life will be saved. Now, the ship's going to break apart, and it's going to be destroyed, but your life is going to be saved. So we need to hear the voice of God in the middle of the storm, but his voice will speak to us peace. The very definition of confusion is two differing messages, contradictory in nature. God doesn't change his mind or contradict something that he's already said. God is not confused, and he does not confuse you. Peace is the absence 
of opposite, uh, some people, it's the absence of contradiction so that God agrees with his word. But some folks think that peace is the absence of opposition. And it's not true. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, let's just go back to the decisions that we have to make. And I've, I've proven this to be true. Decisions that we have to make that require a, a time frame and there's a deadline and we have to give an answer by such and such time, we become anxious. And so our tendency is to bombard heaven, camp out at the doorstep of God, and beg Him to give us an answer. Because we don't want to mess up. We don't want to make the wrong choice. But when we get into that place of anxiousness, we're not really ready to hear what God has to say. That's why we go to scriptures that's, that, that talk about being still. Be still and know that I'm God. You have, to, you have to come to peace within yourself to hear the voice of God speak what he wants to speak to your situation. Look at this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do you tell if that wor verse is, is working in your life? If you have prayed and cast the care of that situation over to the Lord to where His peace guards your heart and your mind, where you know that He's in control. A lot of times uh, we just need to tell whoever's pressuring us, listen, I need just a little bit more time. I just need a little bit more time. Right? We need to know the peace of the Lord. We need to know that we've heard from the Lord. We know that we've heard from the Lord when His peace guards our mind and our heart. But listen, we have to hold on to that peace. We have to hold on to that peace with our faith. It requires faith to stay in that place of peace knowing that we've heard from the Lord, especially if there's a storm going on. So peace is very important when you're hearing the voice of God. So the fourth question that we need to answer, is this the voice of God? Is he speaking to me? Number four, can it be confirmed with godly advisors? Can it be confirmed with godly advisors? Listen, the voice of the Lord is full of wisdom and agrees with wise counsel. I've seen many, I've seen many people, uh, and I've, I've, I've had a relationship with the Lord for 44 years. And I've seen many people through those 44 years, good Christian, well-meaning people, make terrible, life-destroying mistakes because they didn't have a relationship with someone that they could have counsel, wise, godly counsel with. And the Bible's full of scriptures that tells us we need people in our life. In fact, when we come to Jesus, the very first thing we do, or the very first thing that he does with us is put us in contact with the rest of his body. And he connects us with other believers, other believers that are older than we are, 
that have been down the road further than we have. And he establishes these, these relationships where people that have been older and wiser in the Lord can speak into our lives. It's very important. These scriptures that we're going to read, there are, my, there, are, there are more scriptures than I have here in my notes. But God expects us to have wise counsel. Proverbs 11.14. Proverbs 11.14 says there's safety in the multitude of counsels. Safety in the multitude of counsel. So when I moved to, from Georgia, I was living up in Marietta at the time, back in 1985, and I wanted to go to Bible school. But I didn't know anyone to ask except my pastor. And I went to my pastor. I was in my early 20s and wanting to move halfway across the country. I asked for advice. He prayed with me. He spoke some words of wisdom to me, gave me good counsel, and then supported me as I went. It's very important when you're making decisions and you're testing and proving the, proving the spirits and testing the spirit, the, the voice that you're hearing to have good, wise counsel. You need a mentor. God ordains mentors in your life. Those that can speak truth to you. Proverbs 12:15 says the way of fools seems right to them. But the wise listen to advice. If you're wise, you're going to listen to advice. If you're wise, you're going to have somebody in your life that can speak advice to you. That you can ask, "Hey, what do you what do you think about this? Is do do, do you think that this could be God speaking to me?" Then if you're, the, if, you're, if you're the one that's being asked that question, the first response that you, you need is let's pray about this. How have you prayed about this? Do you have scripture for this? It's very important that we hear and distinguish the voice of God. Proverbs 19, verse 20 and 21 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And some people in the body of Christ like to think that all they need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. But remember, the first thing that Jesus did when we became his and we called him Lord, he said, here, meet the rest of my body. Meet the rest of my body. The body of Christ is here. We're here for one another. Proverbs 24, 6. Proverbs 24, 6 says, Surely you will need guidance to wage war. And victory is won through many advisors. Many wise advisors. Victory is won through many wise advisors. So, those four questions we need to ask when we hear the voice of God to recognize the voice of God so that it lines up with the Word. Does what I'm hearing line up with the Word? Does it pull me in a direction? Does it direct me to be more like Jesus? Does it, does it have peace? Does it have peace? Is there peace 
about what God is speaking to me. And some, sometimes the Lord has challenged us to step out in faith, and our, our knees may be knocking, but there's a peace in our heart, right? And then the fourth thing, do you have people in your life that you can consider wise counsel, that God can confirm what he's saying to you through them? We all need those that we're in contact with and in fellowship with. So frequency, let me give you three points about frequency. Frequency. Tune in to God every day. John 10, 4 in the message. We need to tune in to God every, every day. John 10, 4 says when he, gets, when he gets them all out, he leads them and they follow him because they're familiar with his voice. If my phone's ringing and I pick up my phone without even looking at the number and hold it up to my ear, the only thing my wife has to say is, hey, I know her voice. I've heard it for 33 years now. So I don't need a caller ID. I have a voice ID. She has a voice signature that registers with my heart, right? The more that we hear God, the more it'll register on our heart. This is the voice of God. Number two, tune out the things that oppose God. Tune out things that oppose God. John 10, 5 in the message says, They won't follow a stranger's voice, but they will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. So the enemy, you'll be able, the, the more you recognize the voice of God, the more you'll be able to recognize the voice of the enemy. Right? The enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy, trying to pull you off of the plan of God, trying to push you and make a decision before you're ready, before you're sure, before you have peace. Number three, take the next step toward what God has spoken. Take the next step toward what God has spoken. Listen, your next step is your most important step. You know, we can't do anything about last year, five years ago, ten years ago, but we can do something about this next step. <laughs> God has great things for you, but all of those great things will come through your next step in God. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. They follow me. Following God is a daily decision. Following God is a daily decision. When we respond to Him, as we respond to Him, our, our ears become more sensitive to His voice. And the opposite is true. When we fail to respond to God, our ears become desensitive or desensitized to His voice. Obedience to do what he's called us to do, the next step. Obedience to the next step always opens the door to what God has for your life. Always opens the door. I'm going to ask us to bow our head and close our eyes now. And there's, there's some folks in here, I believe, that need to take a next step. Your next step 
Maybe your next step is following Jesus. You've thought about it, and here we are. It's, it's time to make the decision. Maybe, maybe you've decided to follow Jesus, but for some way, or some reason, whatever, maybe you've been hurt or whatever, and you disconnected. But listen, he hasn't turned his back on you. He's calling. He's desiring for you to follow him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to just ask, if you're in here and you need to make a decision for Jesus to follow him, this is a decision between you and God this morning. 